This episode of the PTA Elevation Podcast is sponsored by the PTA Elevation Board Prep Program. If you're looking for a way to ease your anxiety about taking the NPTA as well as taking control of your studying, fill out the form in the description below. We offer services such as individualized study plans, exam review, and a resource library full of videos covering a variety of topics that could appear on the NPTE. We look forward to serving you. Now on to the show. Today we're going to be going over neuropathic ulcers. So, so this is probably one of the more common ulcers that's going to show up on the exam. That along with uh, arterial insufficiency ulcers and venous all venous insufficiency ulcers. Those are like the big ones plus the neuropathic ones. So this is one of the big three that we need to make sure we're aware of. It obviously anatomy is going to be affecting the skin and the peripheral nerves are damaged and therefore there is a lack of sensation to the area. Therefore, if it's rubbing against anything, if it's an uncomfortable pressure to the bottom of the foot where they usually are, the skin is going to start breaking down and the person is unaware of the skin breakdown because the peripheral nerves are not sensing that there's any sort of issue. You know, when you're walking as a non-affected person with normal peripheral nerves and no sort of peripheral neuropathy, as you're walking, let's say your, your socks on weird and like the seam is weird, it's rubbing wrong, or like you get a rock in your shoe, you notice that, but people with peripheral neuropathy, they don't. So they let that rock just sit in there and they're rubbing away, rubbing away, and boom, then they're losing skin. So that's kind of what happens with a neuropathic ulcer. This one, as I said before, this is most likely affecting the feet and most likely on the bottom plantar surface of the foot where there is going to be a lot of pressure and weight bearing and then they don't notice it and then kind of rubs away and then the skin underneath and the underlying tissues begin to be exposed. So making sure that we're familiar with the layers of the skin, we have the epidermis, the dermis, and then the subcutaneous tissue. These tend to go all the way through the subcutaneous tissue as they get farther along in their development past the grade three. So the etiology of this, most commonly, I'd say nine times out of 10, and the boards is probably gonna use this as an example, it is going to be somebody who is a type two diabetic. So they already have sensory issues because the blood sugar is spiking through the roof, they have um, issues with circulation. And so then they're not circulating blood to the nerves and the nerves start losing sensation. And that's kind of how this all ends up happening. So other peripheral neuropathies may cause this based on some other issue. Maybe you had a, well, the patient is presenting with some sort of viral infection that's affecting the sensation of the peripheral nerves. Then that's where it decided to end up. But most likely nine times out of 10, this is a diabetic patient who can't feel the bottom of their feet. The next one is going to be a um, picture of an ulcer. So what does it look like? This is exactly what it looks like. And I'm up in the corner here. So we can see that there's a yellowish box around this. And this is due to the fact that this particular patient had this wound covered because it was on the bottom of their foot and they wanted to make sure that it was kind of not super exposed to the element. So if we're looking at this picture of this wound here, you can see that there's like a, it's an oval shape along the weight bearing part of the foot. So right smack dab in the middle there, this is the most common area you're gonna see it pop up. You might, and I don't think you guys can, you guys can see my cursor. So along here, along the side of the foot of the first met head, uh, on the outside, sometimes people will end up getting a bunion and they'll go in like that. That is another um, where, area where this will show up on the side of the bunion where it would rub against the side of the shoe or whatever 
So as I said before, an oval shape, you can see that there's granulation tissue around the outside that's kind of the white into the pinkish area. You can see that it's trying to heal, but it's so like just deep down in there that it's really not healing too much. You can see that there's no like black tissue or anything like that, no sort of uh, necrosis or uh, eschar or any of that gross kind of black stuff that would show up on the wound. There's really none of that when it comes to diabetic neuropathic ulcers. And I'm going to say probably diabetic ulcers because that is the most common type of neuropathic ulcer, but they are not synonymous. The, uh, the patient does not feel any pain here. That's why it keeps getting worse and worse because they don't notice. So it's actually not painful for this patient because they don't have the sensation, but us looking at it, we're like, oh, that does not look like it probably feels good. You're going to have a little bit of a, well, a little bit of exudate coming out of it. So you can see that there is just a little bit of like shininess of like a little bit of um, serosanguinous exudate coming out of this wound. So just a little bit kind of coming out, but not too much. Um, it's going to have edema to the surrounding area. So you can see that the foot's a little puffy, a little swollen from all of the problems with the ulcer just hanging out there. It's going to be cold. So like all of our diabetic feet, they're just going to be cold. Um, I do work in a foot clinic a lot and pretty much every person who comes in with diabetes, their feet are like ice cubes and um, I worry, but <laughs> it's kind of how it ends up being. So as I said before, it's a little bit shiny here around the wound bed. It's, you can see this very clear wound bed that is pretty um, kind of almost like translucent kind of colored. And then you can't obviously can't feel it, but the foot itself, it's going to be very inelastic. It's not going to have much stretch. It's just going to be like taut and puffy. Kind of thing. So these are a bunch of ways that they would describe how the ulcer would look on the boards. Just and this is kind of how, if you're looking at an ulcer, that you can kind of tell like, okay, is it a diabetic neuropathic ulcer or is it more of like a arterial ulcer? So this is the way that you can definitely use this slide to kind of look at the characteristics to make sure that you're kind of aware of what this is going to look like. So a lot of the boards might ask you about this Wagner ulcer grade classification scale. So this is used to grade diabetic ulcers, which I said before is not completely synonymous with neuropathic ulcers. However, you can see that we would need to know this when dealing with these diabetic ulcers, since many of our patients are going to be having diabetes along with their ulcer probably. Um, so zero would be, so this is a scale, the Wagner ulcer grade classification scale is a scale from zero to five. Zero would be there is no open wound, might like kind of look a little bit red-ish, like there could be a wound like maybe forming, um, or you could see that the bunion kind of thing, it's sticking out, it's kind of pressing into the skin, kind of pushing it out a little bit, it kind of looks a little deformed. That's kind of saying, okay, this area might be susceptible to having an ulcer. So that would be a grade zero because there's not actually an ulcer there. A grade one would be a superficial ulcer. So this is affecting the epidermis and the dermis, but no subcutaneous tissue is going to be involved. So it's kind of just right on top. You can see that the, the ulcer is kind of formed. There's a little bit of a divot, divot but um, there's really not too much going on yet. So we want to stop these ulcers before they get to even number one. We want to be aware of this, but that's what a number one would look like. The grade two would be a deeper ulcer. So it's going all the way down into the subcutaneous tissue and kind of how we would stage a regular pressure ulcer with seeing that the bones and tendons and ligaments are present. That would be a grade four for a regular press pressure ulcer. For the Wagner diabetic ulcers, if you're seeing like the tendons and bones of the foot and ligaments that they're exposed, that would be a grade two. So I like to think like two is the equivalent of 
upgrade for pressure ulcer in regards to what's exposed. So grade two Wagner ulcer grade for diabetic ulcers is when every the underlying tissue, the underlying um, bone tendons and ligaments could be exposed. A grade three, so this is where it starts getting really there. It's already concerning, but this is where it kind of starts getting uh, dangerous and it could start affecting the patient's overall systemic health. So a grade three would be a deep ulcer with abscess, osteitis, or osteomyelitis. So you're seeing that there's an active infection going on. So the bacteria has gotten in. The staph bacteria is what causes the osteomyelitis. So that's kind of a problem. The osteitis is the bone is inflamed. So there's some sort of infection going on, inflaming the tissues there, well, the bone, not the tissues. And then abscess is there's going to be some pus and XDA coming out of there. It's going to be purulent. It's going to be gross. It's going, these diabetic ulcers, it's like C. diff. You will never get the smell out of your nose. Like you'll, you'll know, you'll smell it and you'll go into the room and you'll be like, I know what that is. If you work inpatient, you'll see this all the time. Outpatient, you working with diabetic patients, you might have to deal with this sometimes. I, I so this is the one that's going to start to smell and starts to have some problems. And you definitely want this one covered with the appropriate dressing. Stage four is going to be gangrene of one digit. So we don't want gangrene at all because that means that we're going to have to amputate. That means that there is such a bad infection that the whatever part is affected is dead. Like the tissues are dead. They're not coming back. This is where you would have an issue with the toe like falling off. It's it's not fun. So you don't want gangrene. Smells terrible. Worse. The smell just gets worse as we go down the line. So gangrene of one single digit. So one little toe. That is a stage, a grade four on the Wagner scale. Grade five is the entire foot has gangrene and it needs to be disarticulated. So amputated at the joint line. So we don't want to be getting to five, but this is how if the boards was going to ask you, these are the ways that they would describe this uh, with a neuropathic or diabetic ulcer to try to have you kind of grade it. So like, I know I did a question on my question of the day on Instagram. And I said, the patient has one digit that has gangrene on it. Which stage would this be on the Wagner ulcer stage? scale. That's, that's kind of how they would be describing it to you. But I would definitely say no four, the stage four, because that's just one digit. And if the whole thing has it, that would be five. And then the other ones are kind of just kind of, no, okay, zero is there's no wound. One is like, it's a superficial. Two is like, okay, it's going all the way down. But two is equivalent to like the four that I was talking about earlier. And then three is you got the osteos, the osteoitis, the osteo myelitis, all that fun stuff. Okay, so this is kind of its own separate thing, but it's really important to throw this in with all of the neuropathic ulcers. So how are we treating it? I would say we as PTs treating this patient, it's less of we're treating the ulcer and more of we're doing patient education. And this is what the boards are going to ask too. The ulcer, the treatment for the ulcer in regards to our scope of practice is patient education, caregiver education, and wound care education to make sure that this isn't, if it's at one stage that it's not progressing to the next one and that we're making sure they don't get an ulcer to begin with. So education, 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 education when it comes to the neuropathic ulcers. The first thing we wanna teach these patients is that they need to inspect their feet every single day, put it as part of their morning routine, check their feet before they brush their teeth, check their feet as they're waiting for their coffee to brew, something like that. Get them to make sure they're checking their feet, making sure nothing looks funky, that it's not red or changing colors 
or anything like that or like losing sensation and like getting cold check the feet and if the patient can't do it themselves because either they're so morbidly obese that they literally can't get down to check or they can't see their feet caregiver education for them to check their feet or even using mirrors and stuff like that anything to where they can check their feet <laughs> appropriate footwear is absolutely key and the board likes to test on this because they want to make sure that the footwear is clean so they're wearing clean socks that the uh, footwear is an appropriate size that it's not really super snug we do not want snug shoes with diabetic patients a lot of them will have specific diabetic shoes that they'll be using we want to make sure that they have nice good cushion support they might need inserts there's a bunch of diabetic inserts that are made there's custom orthotics that can be made for them and custom inserts there's also ones that you can buy and order or that like medicare or something would cover just anything to take like the pressure off of the foot that they're not going to be getting those ulcers in there. Seamless socks. So this is so then the seam doesn't end up rubbing. I know personally for me, I have to like literally take my like entire sock off and like readjust my sock if the seam's in a weird spot because it bothers me so much. Just there's no seam, just get rid of the seam altogether. And then we don't have to worry about that rubbing because even just a seam, the seam on the sock could cause an ulcer. So seamless socks the boards is definitely likes to talk about that one keeping the entire lower extremity clean just keeping it clean washing with antibacterial soap just to make sure that there's no gunk getting in there no buildup, no problems with that just making sure that it's all good to go and that there's no gross things that could end up causing any sort of ulcer and then having it progress to like that grade three where it's like the abscess and stuff we don't want that at all as I said before, patient and caregiver education. Like I'm going to harp this down because this is the biggest thing that we as like the PT world can do about ulcers is just educating patients, especially our diabetic patients. The We can do some wound care education. Um, as PTAs, if you would like to, you can actually get certified in wound care and specialize in it. And that's all you can do all day. You can enjoy wound caring all day if that's what you so desire. And people, they really enjoy it. I had a CI who was a wound care specialist. She loved it. I think she's actually going to work in inpatient now and just do wound care. So we can teach patients a little bit about that because that falls under our scope of practice. So we'll make sure they're giving the right, the right dressing based on how much exudate is present in the wound. And then we want to make sure, and this is the best thing we can do in the objective portion, is to take a picture of the wound with like a little ruler next to it. So then you can like see, okay, it's getting bigger, it's getting smaller, maybe put a penny next to it, something that's a frame of reference for size. So then we can go take a picture the next day. And like, let's say the wound's getting worse. We have that photo evidence that we can send over to the physician and be like, yo, yo, this is, this is not looking good. But then we have that photo evidence. So that all goes in the objective. Great way to see how the wound is changing. Pharmacological management for these patients is going to be put them on whatever diabetes meds that they need to help control that because that's probably the most problematic thing. And any sort of antibiotics if they're um, if if their condition is progressing to one of those stages that ends up being uh, possibly for any sort of infection. So what we don't want is any sort of we don't want a wound because if they get an infection that infection has found an entrance because the skin is broken that first barrier and then that could cause problems in an infection through the entire body so we do not want that and then we can do sensory testing every once in a while with those little monofilament looking things and and that's just used for the like either two-point discrimination or they see like how thick of a little wire looking thing we can poke on this person before they feel it so trying to do improvements with sensory testing 
seeing how it goes. If the wound is at a certain point where there's just a lot of things going on, it looks pretty bad. There's starting to be questionable things. They can do some surgical debridement just to get all that gunk out of there and make it, um, if it starts having infectious tissue to keep it from getting to that gangrenous stage. Because once we see gangrene, that just means something's getting chopped off. And the last thing we want is the patient to not have a foot because that messes with balance, what ambulation, all that other stuff. Then we have to start from square one again with them. We do not want our patients losing feet. So keywords we want to think about when it comes to neuropathic ulcers, diabetes, mellitus. So diabetes, type two diabetes, these go hand in hand. As I said, nine times out of 10 on the boards, the person with the neuropathic ulcer is a diabetic. Peripheral neuropathy, because that is essentially how this ends up being a thing with it being a disorder of like sensory stuff, then it ends up being a problem. So the peripheral neuropathy is the big reason why, because then that mixes with sensory and then they can't feel their feeties. So that's not good. Loss of, sens loss of sensation. So they're probably going to talk about the patient has lost sensation in their foot. What are they more susceptible to as a diabetic, blah, blah, blah. It's neuropathic ulcers and stuff. That's like the biggest thing when it comes to sensory stuff, because the patient could be doing really well with their exercises, blah, blah, blah. The second any patient and regardless of whatever situation gets a wound, they're like, they're bed bound. They can't walk on it. They can't do anything with it. They're setting them months back, putting them more at risk for a whole infection. They're in the hospital, the nosocomial infections, the hospital bound infections, all that stuff. Not good. Wagner grade classification, anything that's Wagner grade. We know that that's a diabetic ulcer, probably a neuropathic ulcer. I know that this is a really general thing, but anything with the feet or the foot in regards to a diabetic patient, because the, the neuropathic ulcers, they love to hang out on our weight-bearing parts of our feet, and that's just where they like to be. So feet, important. And then monofilament testing, just kind of understanding that that might be a way that we're testing for any sort of peripheral neuropathies. So then peripheral neuropathies, that's another keyword. So again, everything's kind of hand in hand that it ends up being, that's what's going on with the patient. Sample question, everybody. A physical therapist assistant is treating a patient diagnosed with type 2 diabetes three years ago. So she's had type 2 diabetes for three years. The patient explains to their therapist their home care routine for taking care of their feet. Which comment is most concerning for the therapist? One, I only wear clean, seamless socks. Two, I check my feet every other day. Three, I just got new shoe inserts. Or four, I wash my feet with antibacterial soap. All right, guys. So the answer is I check my feet every other day. So this is asking which of these comments would the therapist be like, ooh, red flag, got to correct something on that. This is not good because remember, the biggest thing with neuropathic ulcers is patient and caregiver education. I'm going to scream that until like my head explodes. I'm, it's the most important thing, making sure that the patient and those who take care of them are aware of what goes into the care routine and making sure that their feet don't get ulcers. So the, by the number one with the patient saying, I only wear clean, seamless socks. That's exactly what we want them to do. Uh, no red flags are going off. I like to joke with my patients that I have a list of people who keep me up at night. That patient would not be on it. The, I check my feet every other day. Okay. Um, we should be checking them every day. Let's just see what the other answers are. Just we'll go back to that one. 
And then three saying, I just got new shoe inserts. Okay, well, this is great. We want them to have the inserts so then they're taking pressure off certain parts of their feet. Like, this is awesome. This is exactly what we want. Good. I wash my feet with antibacterial soap. Amazing. Perfect. We love you. But then we go back to number two. I check my feet every other day. Well, remember when we learn about wounds, a wound could go from like a stage zero to, I'm thinking like a pressure ulcer. They can go all the way up to where the bone's exposed every night, uh, overnight. The same thing with neuropathic ulcers, although they take a little bit longer, it can easily go from that grade zero to at least the two overnight if they, well, I say overnight, but let's say they're walking all day and they have that rock in their foot and their shoe. That could easily go all the way through the tissue. So we want to make sure that they're checking their feet every single day. Part of their routine, patient education, that's the biggest thing, especially with us as PTs and then with um, studying for the boards, patient education. All right, guys. So take care. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the PTA Elevation Podcast. We look forward to continually serving you as you embark on your journey towards becoming a licensed physical therapist assistant. We thank you for your continued support and we'll see you in the next episode.